Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. We open today with cell phones. We move on to Syria. We take a brief pass at real estate and then end with scarcity. So much to do, so little time. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 3rd of September. Glad to have you with us. And I don't know what it is about the cell phone business this week, but man, it's humming. A day after Verizon and Vodafone did their $130 billion thing, Microsoft decided it had to get in on the fun. The company announced today it's going to snap up Nokia's phone business and patents for the low, low price of $7.2 billion. Microsoft has been trying, without tremendous success, it must be said, to become relevant in a mobile market dominated by Apple and Samsung, which is, as Marketplace's Noel King explains, kind of the problem. What Microsoft wants is to transform itself from a company that makes software to a company that makes and successfully sells some of the hardware, too. But can Microsoft really compete with Apple and Samsung, or is it shooting to come in third? Absolutely, they're shooting for third best. Richard Windsor is the founder of RadioFreeMobile.com. He says third place isn't necessarily bad. But the critical point is that third best is plenty good enough. The mobile smartphone market is huge and there are still plenty of rewards to be won. Plenty of rewards, for example, in the developing world. And that's where Nokia could be a big help. Carolina Milanese is an analyst at Gartner. They have been uh, the strongest brand in in many countries from uh, China to India to Southeast Asia. They can reach the consumer. They understand the consumers. They understand what it takes to be successful in a market. Still, Microsoft and Nokia have been partnered up for three years without much success. How will this be better? Rob Sanfilippo of the research firm Directions on Microsoft says that's exactly the point. A partnership like the one Microsoft and Nokia had is a democracy. Both sides get to weigh in. Now? Now it's all under one roof. There will be probably one main manager that will have the power and the control to make final decisions in the best interest of Microsoft. It seems Microsoft is banking on that one main manager bringing two struggling companies into a healthier third place. I'm Noel King for Marketplace. The main event in Washington, D.C. today was a hearing by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Syria, of course, and what the United States ought to do there. Iran and North Korea have been accused of lending Syria a helping hand with its chemical weapons program that the U.S. says the Syrian government has used. But back in the early days, the 70s and the 80s, Damascus is believed to have gotten help from Western businesses, in particular from European chemical companies. Marketplace's Stephen Beard has that story. Intelligence sources say that chemical companies in France, Germany, Switzerland and the Netherlands got Syria started with chemical weapons. They supplied the country with the equipment and raw materials required. But this may not be as malevolent as it sounds. Many of those materials have innocent as well as sinister uses, says John Pike of the U.S. Defense Information Group Global Security. The ingredients that go into chemical weapons are the sort of ingredients that are routinely traded internationally. Nerve gas, for instance, it's basically bug spray that you use on people rather than bugs. 
Outlawing these chemicals, called precursors, is out of the question, says British chemical warfare expert Richard Guthrie. Take thiodiglycol, a compound which provides the fastest route to making mustard gas. You could hardly ban it. It's a key ingredient for the dye industry. Nobody could have uh, normal blue jeans because the dye stuff in your denim jeans comes from thiodiglycol. The Chemical Weapons Convention came into force 15 years ago, and it's made the international trade in chemicals much more tightly regulated. Only seven countries, including North Korea, Egypt, and Syria, haven't signed up to it. The signatories must now exercise extreme care in selling many compounds. There's a strict inspection process. John Pike claims that replenishing a chemical arsenal is far from easy now. I think it would be very difficult for Syria to acquire some of these precursors today compared to the relative ease they would have had before the chemical weapons convention regime. And these weapons are organic. They decay and lose their potency, sometimes quite fast.